The Dental Brief is brought to you by Omni Premier Marketing and the amazing guests who bring wisdom and advice that you can put to use to take your business and practices to the next level. Find us on Facebook and join the conversation. Get ready to grow because we are kicking off the next episode in three, two, one. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Dental Brief. I'm excited for our guest today. It's going to be a a different type of program, but I think you're going to get a lot of value out of this. Uh, today we have with uh, eight and nine consulting, uh, David Lesh. David, say hello to everyone. Hi, everybody. Hey, it's so good to have you here, David. Now, let's talk a little bit about your background in dentistry. Tell, tell us how you got involved in dentistry. How'd you become a consultant for labs and DSOs? Sure, I'd love to. So I'm not just a consultant. I'm someone that sat in every seat at the bench. I grew up watching my dad. He started a lab. So I grew up watching him build that and then ultimately went to work for him after college, uh, went to work for him at the lab. I was doing, I sat in every seat. So, you know, and back in the day it was fixed at Crenna Bridge. There wasn't a lot of CAD CAM back then. Uh, and then ultimately I wound up in ceramics, which was the sexy job. Sure. And as I like to say, I licked the brush so many times I could taste the difference between A2 and A3. So that's an old dental technician brush licking thing, but I sat at the bench quite a bit. Uh, I took on a VP of sales and marketing job for a lab in the Northeast. And then since 2000, I started and sold two labs. One was called Dale Dental and the other was called Concert Dental Labs. Um, I also launched what today is known as the All On Four Implant Bar. Uh, it was a company out of Quebec called BioCat. And I had the exclusive US distribution on that. And I launched that in the US before Noble BioCare bought it. And then I served as an interim vice president of lab operations for a group that some people heard of called Clear Choice Dental Implant Centers. Sure. Yep. So, yeah. So I was their VP of operations. I worked very closely with the owner. Uh, I'm proud to call a friend, uh, Dr. Don Maloney. And um, so, yeah, so I did that. And then in 2018, I sold everything. Well, between 17 and in late 18, I sold everything. And then in 2019, I started doing consulting. Um, and it's basically I help lab owners, uh, dentists that own labs, in that case, but in-house labs. I help them improve their lab operations, uh, teach best practices, how to run things, how to be profitable. Uh, I work with small dental groups that want a lab or have a lab, large DSOs, I consult on lab spend management uh, and basically how to effectively manage a dental laboratory uh, yeah. that leads to better outcomes, improved efficiency and overall cost. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. And I know this is a little uh, different. Um, you, I think some of our listeners are probably going, well, how can someone who's a consultant with labs and this help me? And we're going to answer that question, um, David. From your point of view, right, you see things a little bit differently. You've got labs coming to you looking for help. Some of their help has to do directly with their connection and relationships with uh, dentists. Tell me, what are some of these problems and challenges that you're hearing that practices and practice owners, dentists are having? Well, so I do work with a lot of dentists, a lot of labs, a lot of dentists. And obviously for your audience, I'll gear most of my answers towards working with dentists. Uh, but I can tell you that one of the big issues uh, that I see, and it's not just related to the lab, is people have, doctors have good dental practices, but they don't always have good business practices. 
And that's probably the biggest issue that permeates every area of of running, not just a dental practice, but a dental lab as well, especially an in-house dental lab. But having good dental practices, um, good business practices rather, uh, is very important. And not only does it make it uh, the office a better place to work, but you wind up getting better outcomes for the patients. Uh, you're more profitable. And for people that choose to exit, which is a, a buzzword these days, you get higher valuations when your businesses run better. And I just don't see a lot of practices that are run well. Yeah. So what specifically, what type of problems do you see that dentists are often having with the lab that they're working with? Let's just say it's a, an external lab, not an internal lab. What are some of the problems that they have there and, and what can do dentists do to kind of take charge of that themselves and, and really build a, a great, uh, efficient relationship for profitability and, and patient uh, satisfaction? Yeah. So first of all, I like a service level agreement. You have that in just about every business but you don't see it in this business. So labs can be laid as much as they want. Obviously the doctor could leave that lab, but it doesn't behoove the doctor to keep switching labs. Um, So I like a good service level agreement that outlines the commitments that the lab makes. Uh, Then if the lab wants to delay cases, yours will be the last that get delayed. If you have service level agreements that penalize kind of inferior performance. Something else that I did extensively was, you know, I created KPIs for the lab to use with with dentists. Um, It's very important that the dentist is giving the lab feedback on a case-by-case basis. Now, the problem with that is that most labs don't look at the feedback. Mm. So that's on the lab side. But, you know, service level agreements, um, you know, that outline all the deliverables, uh, feedback that uh, scores overall quality of cases, And then labs, we did in my second company, Concert Dental Labs, our tagline was the best seats in the house. Crown set would seat faster and look better. Um, But in order to actually live up to our brand promise, we had to quantify the best seats in the house. So how long were our adjusting times? You know, what were we doing quantitatively to measure that and improve that? And if labs go down that road, if labs go down that road with dentists, or if dentists take the lead and encourage our labs to go down that road with them, they can improve a lot together. Yeah. Let me let me ask you this question about in-house labs and having your own uh, lab in-house. I see a, a decent amount of dentists doing this. It seems to be pretty popular uh, right now, I think maybe more so than ever, but they have limited amount of success um, with that. So let me ask you this question. What's kind of the litmus test, whether a dentist should think about opening their own lab um, having an in-house lab or not, what is kind of that, that, you know, basically, uh, let me just say it again, the litmus test of whether they should try this or not. First of all, really the only one is did they have someone who can run it? Mm. In most cases, the answer is no. Right. And, you know, they, even their practice manager is busy enough running the practice. And then the, they're going to get a lab manager or a lab technician if they only have one or a few who's got a lot of experience in the lab, but is not a manager, okay? Um, so the litmus test is, do you have someone who can run this effectively? Do you have someone who will set up, I'm a big believer in KPIs, uh, to run the lab? Um, and, and that's number one. And then the other thing is why you're doing it. There's usually two motivations. One, you're doing it because you want to improve the overall quality 
you want that hands-on relationship with the technician who's right there in the room next door, for instance. And then another one, especially with some of the bigger groups, is cost. Uh, so cost and quality control. And, you know, generally speaking, I see most dentists lose money with their labs. Yeah. And lose money and not get the overall quality and consistency they were looking for. Sure. Uh, hiring is really important. But, you know, the most important part about the lab, it's just like any other part of your practice. Do you have someone who can manage it? Right. And, and too often, I, the answer is no. Um, not just on the lab side, but, you know, I think doctors struggle to run their practice. They don't use good KPIs to run their practice uh, that are based on goals. Sure. And they don't base compensation on reaching KPIs. Yeah. David, let me, let me ask you this question. Um, I'm going to ask you a few questions here, but um, main question is, is, what are some things that a practice can do right now, some steps that they can take today or this week to uh, improve this part of their business, right? To become more efficient, more profitable, either with their lab or relationship with a lab or finding a new lab. What are some things they can do? Well, I mean, in terms of labs, it's, it's really hard to say. I mean, they either found a lab that's a good fit or not. In a lot of cases, doctors and labs don't communicate very well. Um, you know, good doctors who are good communicators can make a lot of different labs work. Practices where you don't have great communication with the lab, it's very hard to make that work. I mean, this is a very, uh, it's an intricate thing that labs do, despite the fact that these days it seems more like it's a, it's a photocopy process. Uh, it's a very intricate thing that's being done. It has to fit within microns of tolerances and it has to match subtle gradients of shade. And to think that you're going to get that and not have very good communication with your lab team uh, to do it. You couldn't get that without communicating in any facet of your business. And the lab is no different, whether they're local or uh, in-house, you know, in-house or not. Yeah. David, I, I know there's not a lot of people that do what you do. There's not a lot of people out there at this level helping that has this level of experience. But if you're, if you have a lab, if you have a small lab or a mid-size or even a large lab, um, and you're trying to find an expert to help you with this, um, to help better your own lab, or or if you're a dentist, or uh, if you're a DSO, how do you find an expert? What do you, what are the questions that you ask to make sure that you're dealing with a person who can really help you get to that next level? Yeah, so there really aren't, especially with labs, there really aren't that many experts. Right. Um, you know, the most important thing I would look for is how well do they understand financials, mm. because at the end of the day, if you're not making money, it's very hard to continue. Um, so very, very few, uh, lab type people have experience, uh, in financials. So I think that's probably number one, uh, because if you have financials, you can create KPIs based on gross margin, um, and, and things like that. So that's really important to me. And then obviously having a good background in the lab business that, you understand all the latest technologies and things like that. Yeah, makes sense to me. I want to encourage our audience, uh, David, to check out your website. It is uh, eight and nine consulting um, dot com forum on there. You can get in touch with David and get some more information. Um, David, I appreciate you coming on the show today. Thanks for sharing with us. Yeah, my pleasure. That was a lot of fun.